Welcome to the Denver Medical Study Group Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Hadley, founder and CEO of the Denver Medical Study Group. Based in Colorado, we're going into our 15th year with over 1,350 members. Our educational events include DMSG webinars, healthcare podcasts, and in-person events. I'm excited to visit today with Dr. Kent Hudson, MD, CPE, and Director of Artificial Intelligence Clinical Operations for Radiology Partners. Dr. Hudson, would you tell our listeners a little about yourself and your background? Sure, sure. So uh, like I said, I'm, I'm a, a neuroradiologist. My um, original degree, though, was computer science. And I uh, did medical school and then did medical informatics and then went to, went to radiology. So uh, the past you know, couple decades doing uh, radiology, neuroradiology. And then in the past eight years or so, um, have shifted more towards uh, AI and radiology, more of the IT part of radiology, as opposed to the kind of administrative stuff that I was doing before that. So uh, currently with uh, radiology partners, uh, vendors that are out there, and um, evaluate them, see if they meet any of the needs that we have in our practice, and then uh, work with them to see if the um, if their products meet our needs and if they can be deployed you know, in our uh, in our system. That must keep you busy with everything that's going on in uh, AI these days. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And um, <laughs> yeah. I, I do keep my uh, clinical, I do half-time clinical and then half-time AI. So uh, I do keep my my feet in, in both sides. So. Oh, that's great. How long has Radiology Partners been using AI and how has it been used? So we've been, uh, we started a, using AI about six or seven years ago, um, not originally not for imaging, but um, actually for uh, report analysis. So uh, as we're dictating a report, we have an AI system that we developed that uh, watches that report for any kind of uh, catchphrases that might need some kind of recommendation. So for example, if there's a six millimeter lung nodule, um, as soon as I dictate that in the report, then a recommendation will pop up and say, ah, the best practice recommendation for this is to get a CT scan in X number of months, or depending on the size and whatnot, you know, get a PET CT or get a biopsy, whatever that might be. So uh, we, uh, we use it as a way to uh, lift the quality of our reports across the board. Um, you know, the, um, it's difficult for anyone, any, any, any radiologist or any physician to uh, keep track of all the, the many different recommendations that are out there. And, um, we take we have a board that um, of radiologists that review those those recommendations, and then kind of adopt the, what our standard will be for our practice, and we use AI to help the radiologists uh, remember what those recommendations are, and then when they come up, all they have to do is is click a little thumbs up button, and it gets put into the report, inserted into the report. Wow, <laughs> you've got a system pretty well refined then. Yeah, we saw the um, the compliance rate go from the kind of ten to fifteen percent compliance range up into the the high eighties and plus uh, compliance after we implemented that program. So, wow, oh, that's fantastic! What are some of the challenges that you've encountered when deploying AI? Probably the the biggest challenge is uh, education, and, and just like with the hype that you're hearing now with uh, with AI in in the world in general. Um, people, kind of, 
expect that it'll do something that it really can't do or or that'll you know will do something to them like take over their jobs you know not that long ago we had uh, uh physicians getting up in front of radiologists and saying you know that radiologists will be replaced in you know five years ten years whatever um we're finding that's really not not the case and um uh, we're finding that the um, when we add AI, that AI plus radiologists end up being better together. Um, let me give you an example of that. So in, in recent years, um, we've, we've deployed the past four years or so, uh, we've deployed imaging models that look at the study and um, identify critical findings that, that may have some kind of you know, timely impact. So for example, um, intracranial hemorrhage, pulmonary embolism. Uh, the uh, the AI looks at the study. So if you come into a you know into an ER that we're reading for, and, and you get a CAT scan of the head, that CAT scan of the head will run through our AI. The AI looks for those kind of critical things, intracranial hemorrhage, and if it finds something, then it throws a flag, and then that report gets bumped up to the top of the list and gets read next. Now the AI is not doing any kind of interpretation of the study. All it's doing is uh, trying to identify studies that might have intracranial hemorrhage. The model itself, the AI itself, doesn't even really know what kind of hemorrhage it is or really know where it is. All it knows is that, oh, I think there's hemorrhage here. And it's up to the radiologist to do the interpretation. Um, but because we can identify those studies so much faster, our turnaround times for patients that have abnormal findings is reduced immensely. Uh, so typically we, our turnaround time, um, our expectation is, uh, for ER studies is within 30 minutes. We read them within 30 minutes, but if it's something like intracranial hemorrhage, then that study goes to the top of the list and it gets read typically within two minutes. So, um, so it vastly improves the, the, the turnaround on those, those critical patients. Um, another example of, of using, um, AI is, um, is in mammography. So, um, there has been a form of uh, computer-aided detection in mammography for close to two decades um, that used a very different approach from what we're doing, doing now with, with artificial intelligence, with machine learning. And um, the, uh, the current models we're using are much, much better. We, um, we had to take a lot of time to educate the radiologists about this difference so they can understand that this is not your old CAD. You know, this is new. This is new stuff. It's it's much better. And um, and we're we're changing their approach to to how they read mammograms um, because of this. And um, so education is is by far the number one thing. And and um, now that we've had it long enough, now that we've been using AI in clinical practice long enough, and across a, enough radiologists, uh, incidentally, we have. Currently, we have the uh, the largest clinical radiology AI deployment in the country and possibly the world. But um, wow. because we have so many radiologists using it, we have a lot of experience now with feedback from them and 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 be able, being able to show them how AI can help, but not replace them. It's it's a it, you know they they work like I said work better together, and um and once they understand that and they understand the uh, the um the potential errors that ai can can um can produce and know how to handle those and know how to use the the ai output as a tool as opposed to you know thinking that it'll just replace them um once they start using it as a tool they get 
better at what they're doing. We've seen uh, improvements in, in efficiency of up to 10% on the studies that we use AI on. Um, and it, it, one of one of our radiologists told me, he said, it, it's kind of like having a little resident sitting on your shoulder, looking over your shoulder. Um, so um, it, 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 it certainly helps. It certainly helps. The other thing we've seen is that um, the enhanced detection rate, which is we define as the additional number of, um, of abnormal studies that you catch when you use AI plus a radiologist. So we're, um, we're better together. The enhanced detection rate is, is a measure of how much better we are together. And we're finding that anywhere from uh, 5 to 37% improvement in, um, in, in, in enhanced detection rate. Or So for example, that, what does that mean? Um, uh, a good, a great example actually is uh, with rib fractures. Um, rib fractures are tough to pick up. There, they can be. It, it's one of those things that, you know, uh, you might see it on just one image, and so it's really easy to walk over it, especially if you don't have a history of trauma or you know some some reason to really really look closely for it. And um, with the uh, the AI rib fracture algorithm. It will throw the flag and identify rib fractures, and then the radiologist can draw their attention to that. And um, we have some great examples of, you know, well, this patient came in with with um, you know chest pain. We think it may be an aortic dissection or something, blah blah blah. Um, but then the 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 CT gets done, and the radiologist says, hey, uh, you know, did they get any kind of trauma? And the ER doc says. I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I don't think so. And the ER doc goes back, and talks to the patient, and says, "Yeah, as a matter of fact, they um, they they took a fall, you know, a, a day or two ago." Well, there you go. That's where it came from. And you're, you know, there's your diagnosis. So um, with um, rib fracture and others like that that are kind of difficult calls or um, or high value calls, we're seeing a, a, um, a significant improvement in the the overall quality of our reporting. So in the future, it's not going to be. You know, a uh, uh, you know just a radiology practice. You know, it's it's a it's gonna we we are an an AI enabled radiology practice, and um and we'll see that the uh, the practices that in, embrace AI and use AI as a tool will come out ahead and produce more consistent reports, higher quality reports than those radiology practices that don't use AI. That's an interesting label to put on it. I appreciate you explaining it that way. Tell me a little bit about your group, Radiology Partners. How big of a group is it? And where how many locations do you have? That sort of thing. Okay. So um we're the, the largest radiology practice in the country. Uh we have um about thirty six hundred radiologists. Uh we read in all fifty states. And um, we're reading, we're on track this year to read about 50 million studies, 50 to 53 million studies. Um, the, um, uh, we're also on track to run about 20 million studies through our AI system. And um, we, um, uh, fortunately, because of our size, we're big enough to where we were able to get into AI and start building uh, AI systems to work for us uh, long before they were really commercially available. So we've built the infrastructure, and now we're we're reaping the benefits of that um, with uh, with these large scale deployments. I'm sure that's the case. Uh, do you have other radiology groups that contact you and say, Doctor Hudson, how can we do what you're doing? Uh, we do, we do. As a matter of fact, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, Stanford is is coming to uh, to visit us, and we're gonna we're gonna show them how we do it, uh, how we do AI. Uh, because they're interested in how we've been able to deploy clinically like this. 
So um, there are a number of practices, uh, and uh, and we have uh, we've been talking to a lot of the academic centers that you know have been de developing AI, but um, not necessarily deploying it clinically. Um, as an aside, there you know the, there's a fundamental kind of different approach uh, between academic and private practice and um, with, with AI. You know, in academics, they're looking at um, the possibilities and the the um, the the very niche um, applications. Uh, like brain tumor characterization, things like that. But um, it, from our standpoint, we're looking at where can we have the largest impact on our patients, you know, and that's the the routine kind of stuff. You know, the the CAT scan of the head is the second most common exam performed in the emergency department uh, after chest X-ray, and so by using AI on CTs of the head, looking for intracranial hemorrhage, using it to um, uh, uh, identify fractures and just things that are common, things that'll have a big impact on our patients. Um, we're able to show that it it does make a difference. It does improve the quality of care and the efficiency of care. You know, as I listen to you talk about that, I wonder, is AI more adaptable in radiology than it might be in internal medicine or other specialties? The approach to AI, the, 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 um, the, from a technical standpoint, the programming is a little different when you're working with images. But um, like I mentioned earlier, the, our, our first application was actually in reporting and analysis of the report. So um, the, and we're doing experiments now with uh, large language models. And uh, I, I should have mentioned earlier, we also have another application that we've deployed that uses a language model. Um, it's the same kind of uh, engine that under the hood that is used for chat GPT and all these big flashy language models. Uh -huh. But what it's been done, it's been trained on radiology reports. So um, if I dictate, when I dictate the findings for a, a study, and imagine this is a very complex uh, oncology exam with multiple findings, you know, multiple changes in nodules and that sort of thing. The um, uh, When I get down to the impression, Rather than uh, redictating the impression and kind of summarizing, the AI goes into the findings and and uh, and summarizes all that stuff and generates the impression for me. Now it's not a it's not the quote AI's impression. That AI has been trained on my reports. It's been trained on a lot of other radiologists' reports, so it has knowledge of radiology. It has the, the associations. But it's also been trained on thousands of my reports, my personal reports. So it knows how I say things. It knows how I describe things. And so when it generates an impression, it's creating an impression that sounds like me. It, it's you know, it's using my stuff. So um, so that's a, um, a a great way to improve the efficiency of the radiologist because they're not having to redictate a bunch of stuff. Um, all they have to do is read through it, and make sure, okay, yeah, that's all right. I'll sign that. Um, and it also um, uh, gives you a, a kind of a, um, a a way to reduce your your burnout level. You know, if if, if you've got something that'll kind of do something for you and that works, makes makes the day go a little bit faster. I'll bet it does. I'll bet it does. You know, uh, you've talked a little bit about the future for AI and radiology. Anything in particular that you see there as you look forward? Yeah, I think the um, the there are two um, important pathways that are going in parallel. One is the um, the development of open standards so that the um, the results of the AI can be shared and used and monitored 
easily and um, and not kept proprietary. Um, there's an analogy to this. Uh, some of you may be familiar with um, uh, DICOM, which is the, the imaging format for images. So that allowed us about 30 years ago to be able to exchange images across multiple vendors. Couldn't do that before then, couldn't do it. Um, so going forward, the development of open standards will let us exchange these AI results. So I can see a world where the, um, the, our practice is running analyses on, on images, generating results that can then be fed back into the electronic medical record, into the medical record, and um, made available uh, to be used as a, at a population health level. So let's say on a, it, you know, there's a model that predicts the, uh, the likelihood of, of emphysema, COPD, or the severity of, of uh, cerebral atrophy, or you know, any number of things, uh, osteoporosis, that, um, that, we, that where the data is in, in you know, the information is there now, but it's not being extracted to be used for, you know, uh, population health purposes, identifying, you know, who's at risk and then intervening, you know, before something bad happens. So that's the, to open standards to allow for a, um, a, a much more effective management of health. Um, the other one is uh, introducing more of a um, clinical insight into for the radiologist. Uh, you know, right now the radiologist is um, typically given a very brief history. We're given the images, and then we have to kind of figure things out. But um, if we have a, a an AI model that can look into the EMR, can look into the, the the patient record, and look into the previous radiology reports, and then synthesize a um, a radiology oriented problem list, um, so that the you know the the radiologist can look at that and say, oh gosh, they have a history of par prostate carcinoma that wasn't mentioned, so maybe this kind of questionable little little thing here in the bone, maybe that really is a um, an early metastasis, you know, whereas before you would say, yeah, it's, I can't, I'm not sure what it is, I, you know, probably just degenerative, right? So it, it changes how you look at the study, you know, your pretest probability of disease changes when you're given that, that, that history, that information, that more detailed information. And by um, offloading the um, the the uh, the work to get that onto an AI, then you can more consistently get that information and not have to um, rely on very busy clinicians to um, to give you the the kind of detail that that would really be beneficial. Well, you know, it sounds like quality of care is going to improve with the specialists working more with AI models and learning how to use them. Absolutely, I, I, I very strongly believe that. And um, not only does it make the the quality of care go up um, in the way we've traditionally thought of it, but it gives us the um, the ability to to look at to to gain insights into the the process of care. You know how is how is the 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 whole system working? And um, so, from a, a quality improvement standpoint, um, it's not just you know the uh, the availability of the right data you know, for this patient, but it's okay. We've looked at, you know, X number of thousand patients and you know, there, there's some pattern here. Now that's what AI is good at. One of the things that AI is good at, there's some pattern here. There's some, there's some pattern emerging that we may not have recognized otherwise without having, you know, an integrated system that has the, the, you know, standards and the, um, the backing to be able to, to uh, perform the AI analysis. Wow, what what a great opportunity to spend time with you today and and learn about this. Really appreciate how how you've shared it with us. 
uh, our listeners, I think, will learn a lot from that. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to today's discussion? Yeah, I think that to summarize it, um, there's a lot of hype around AI and a lot of fear, but actually there's a lot that can be can be useful there. And um, and as uh, as the healthcare system as a whole uh, learns uh, more about AI's capabilities, what it can and can't do, and creates realistic expectations around it, uh, it, it can become a very effective tool for improving uh, both our quality and efficiency. Well, well, thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Hudson. It's been a pleasure uh, to visit with you and uh, wish you the very best going forward and look forward to catching up with you again soon. Okay, thank you very much. You bet. 